to the Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Hi. How are you? Good. I'm not talking to you yet. From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, located right in the heart of Rosewood, this is the Local Bar. I'm your host, Chad Alexander. And of all the places you could be, you decided to spend some time with us today. For that, we're incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found on Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, wherever you get your good and bad podcasts. You want to find us, friend us, follow us over on Libsyn. If you are another podcaster, we'd love to hook up with you there. Local Bar Media on Facebook is how you get in contact with us. You, okay, so now, now since you're so dying to talk, how you doing? Good. My guest this week is Topher Riddle. This is not Topher Riddle talking to me. I don't you, even know what you're talking would about. Would you like to tell everybody what your name is? It's a guy. Topher Riddle is a guy. He is a local comedian, comedian promoter. He does uh, stand-up sketch comedy in charge of a lot of funny things here in Columbia. That's what he does. Oh, okay. <laughs> and what's your name? <laughs> Sterling. Sterling. And what do you do? I do girls on the run. <laughs> you do girls on the run, and you go to school. Yeah. And that's awesome. What is, uh, so here at the beginning of the show, what is it you are working on right now at school? Um, a science project? No, a science project. Oh, science is what, that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. How do you like doing science projects? It's good, but it's also boring on another side. <laughs> is that just the way school is? Is school good, but school boring too? Why is that? Because you have to learn. <sighs> you know, it's crazy. At school back in my day was exciting and amazing, and we loved like every day of it. And it's weird. I feel really bad for y'all now because the schools you go to are, are boring because you have to learn. Our schools, like I don't know if you've ever seen like videos of schools in the 80s, but they were amazing. It was like, Ninja Turtles and pizza and David Bowie songs and dancing. It, like That's all it was. We didn't learn anything. That's just what we did. Which is why I'm so smart today. But you told me that there was no air conditioning. I would die. I didn't have air conditioning in my school. We did. We, I, so, no. Right. So, hang on. We did have air conditioning in my school, but when it would go out, we had to get sent home from school because we had a dress code where you had to wear, guys had to wear, like, long pants. And in the spring, it would get hot and the air conditioning went out. We all had to go home. Really? Yeah, but that wasn't like every day or anything. Oh man. What are you are you, are you planning to sabotage your air conditioning? Yeah. At school? Yeah, so I get to sit home. What are you gonna do? You'll practice at this house? Don't don't <laughs> let me find anything out there on our air conditioning where you have been shenaniganing it. What? That yeah. I don't need any shenanigans on my air conditioner. I don't. I'm the one that can see things around here. What does that mean? Do you see like dead people? What? No, you and mommy are a little blind. Don't so when you hit that, it creates a noise. Oh. Yeah. So don't. I know how you like to fiddle with everything, but see, see the black thing that it's pointed right at your mouth. Don't rub on that. It causes it causes more shenanigans. Um. What do you mean? Your mom and I aren't blind. Wait, wait, wait. You see things around here. Is that why you want your sister's door closed at night when she's not there? Yes. Because you see somebody in there. Her room is haunted, and the old shed in the backyard is haunted. The only thing the old shed is haunted, is haunted. with is is like mice. Ghost mice, mice in there? Ghost mice. I went in there once, and there was mice in there? They could have bite my toes? So first of all, you shouldn't be going in there barefooted because there's like nails and... No, I had shoes on. That's where I keep my broken glass. I might have shoes on. I'm not sure. Everybody's got a building where they keep their broken glass. That's well, why I keep it. That's I've probably been... why you think it's haunted. What? Uh, wait, 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 wait. So, and by the way, the only thing that's haunted with is the lawnmower. So you shouldn't be in there. What? Um. Wait, why is your sister's room haunted? Because there's Bloody Mary in there. How does that work? So how is it? Because in my, back in my day. There were haunted houses, so yeah. now it's so now it's like haunted room. So they just choose a room now, so that you're lucky. So it just so happens that Bloody Mary, as mm-hmm. you said, so I guess you know her, has decided to move into Bryn's room. Yep. But not yours. 
Is well, it because like you had your stuff in there first? Or? No, I live in there. And um. Is your sister dead? <laughs> is she dead? Is no, she... but she doesn't come in there a lot, so uh, yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand how this works. How is it? So, did you talk to the ghost? Is that how you know her name? Did y'all no, formally introduce? She leave her card. Stare at me while I sleep. Wait a minute. Wait. A minute. There's more than one. Yeah. So, <laughs> wait a minute. How do you know they stare at you when you sleep? Because because our... you're asleep. Well, whenever I'm about to go to sleep, because our headboards are right across from. So, uh, so let me see how this works. So you're about to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. You see some ghost, and instead of like, I'd be like, bah! oh my God, this ghost. You're like, oh, this ghost, I'm going to No, no, that's why I keep the door closed, and I don't believe in ghosts. I believe in people. <laughs> All right, wait, ghosts. wait, wait. So they're not ghosts. So somebody comes into our house. You've got to let me know this. because we. No, you're... they live under her bed. Are they there during the day? Or they have jobs. No, they live under her bed all day long. And when it's nighttime, they come out of the bed. So if we go in there right now, if we do an audio podcast where we go in there and uncover what's under the bed, will we see two two people? Is it two people? Five. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it five people? Uh, because... This is insane. I'm insane, Chad. Well, yeah. Do you think uh, Do you think they're going to live there forever? Or only during Halloween? Yes. They stare at me. Duh. Isn't it kind of strange that somebody's life ambition would be to live underneath uh, your sister's bed and just stare at you at night? Yeah, but I've seen a video where somebody lived in their cabinet and they climbed down and drank their milk out of the fridge. It's so weird. And then they did all this weird stuff and then they climbed back into the air conditioning. That's weird that somebody would live somewhere to drink milk. We were always worried somebody would come in and, and kill us. You're just worried about them drinking your milk, but you drink <laughs> almond milk. Nobody else drinks that stuff. No, but that's the thing. I don't know. But, no, we don't know that they live in here. They don't kill us. But Why do you keep touching the black part that I tell you not to touch? I don't mean to. How about how about not mean to touch it a little bit more? Scoot your chair a little bit so it's not hitting it. This is great. This is making for great radio. There you go. Okay. That's there we go. Me. So, I don't understand. Okay. Well, that's good. So, uh, do you ever ask these people maybe help you out with your science fair project? No, because you help me out. Yeah, but and I don't want creepy people helping me out with my science fair project. Yeah, but they might have insight on it. No, they're not old. What? Old people are smarter than any other people. Are you saying, wait, wait, first of all, I'm older than the goblins that live under your bed? Mm-hmm. Why? Wait a minute, I didn't get, when did I get no, that old? They're not under my bed, they're under Britt's bed. They, oh, that doesn't make me feel any better. Oh, well, sorry. This is insane. All right. Well, my guest this week is not Sterling. Sterling's here just to say hi. So you want to say hi? Hello. Uh, this week, what are you doing on Saturday, Sterling? Do you know? know. Mm, if you didn't know, uh, the chili cook-off is going on. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina, there's a chili cook-off going in five points. A little bit later this year than it normally is. But if you come early, you get the best chili and... Your boy here will be playing at 12 o'clock, so come by and see us down five points right there near where the post office is. Not like, it's not like uh, St. Patrick's Day, so it's not nuts like that, but it's a fun time. A bunch of bands playing. Oh, I but thought we go you were going to make chili. No, I'm not going to make chili. I'm going to play music. But I thought you made chili before. I've never made chili at the Chili Cook-Off. What I've always college? played in a band. I know, but was it? what was that thing that you're really good at? Was it college? Collards. Well, you're collarder. Well, it's not the Collards Festival, but thank you. No, the uh, old people that live under Bruins Bed are going to make the chili this year. Uh, if you, uh, so if you were, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you. This week, I had the opportunity to sit down and talk with Topher Riddle. He is, um, he's a really cool guy that does a lot to promote uh, comedy in the Columbia, South Carolina area. Now, for those listeners that are not in Columbia. Just kind of a heads up, we, we mentioned this, but 
one of the things that's crazy is there isn't I'm going to call it an underground comedy movement. There is a there is in South Carolina there is a ton of comedians. There's a ton of stand-up comedians, there are people that do it every now and then, but there's a lot of them that go around from club to club and do a very good job. We are very lucky to have some of the talent we have in this area. What's odd is that Columbia has got an incredibly robust as far as talent is concerned comedy uh comedy uh Comedians. Let me try that again. I said those old people looking at me, Sterling. They're throwing me off. Uh, but the, it, the, for some reason, Columbia, I don't think, really knows what's going on. Uh, Topher's a guy that I've run across a couple times before. He's a great guy whose heart is really in uh, promoting comedy in this city. And so I wanted to bring him on and have a conversation with him. We're going to mention a couple of things and that he has coming up. To be honest with you, you could find comedy any night of the week, pretty much, here in the Columbia area. But if I can recommend anything that you want to go to that'd be a different kind of date night, and Monday night is not a hard night to do one of those, the Art Bar at 9 o'clock has an event that we will be talking about. I cannot recommend it enough uh if you can make the time this coming monday would certainly be a good one to go to but here is my uh interview with topher and i will talk to you on the other side of this break without any other ghost or insane people with they're me. not old you said they were old three times oh my gosh people on my block claim a rumor of a ghost Cavalier to the end, they run and hide. You can see right through, you don't look close. A hollow mound with a ten foot stride. Through the uh, through the years, we've had some different comedians on from national acts to, to local acts here in South Carolina. Um, I, I'm I've been wanting and I've been I've been mulling over having more uh, comedians on. I do believe we have a really great scene here in Columbia, South Carolina. But I, I had the honor of having someone on my my uh, my show today. I have not prepped him for this, but I love it because any of you that have ever emailed me about any kind of the, any of the stand up I've done, any of the any of the open mics, all that kind of stuff, uh, working with some other folks on some things. The guy that gave me my first shot, at, I had never done stand-up before. I went to his open mic. He was like, yeah, you look dumb enough. And he let me get up on stage. He's here with us. He is actually one of the biggest names, honest to God, in comedy in, in Columbia, South Carolina. Connected to a bunch of people. If you don't know his name, you should know it. His name is Topher Riddle. Topher, how are you doing today? I'm, uh, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing I'm doing pretty good, man. I, I um. I've been watching you. First of all, you just got married, correct? I did, yeah, like a like a week and a half ago. Were you just were you were you bored or like what did you like why <laughs> why did you do this? Um yeah, it uh I I I met somebody actually I, I met her uh last year at the free times best of party because I got like runner up for best local comedian. Uh, right behind Jen Snyder, of course, um, who always wins because she's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's kind of hard to beat her. Yeah, <laughs> nothing yeah, against yeah, yeah. you coming in second place in Columbia is like awesome because it's, no, it's really hard to beat out Jen Snyder. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 always like a race for second because yeah. <laughs> Jen Jen deservedly is going to win it every year. Uh, so yeah, it's it's it is it's an honor to get second place behind Jen. Uh, and, uh, I went to the party and, uh, I was looking for snacks and, uh, the, the woman who is now my wife was working one of the snack tables. Um, so, uh, so yeah, comedy has been, uh, very influential I was in gonna, my life. <laughs> I was gonna say she was, that, so she wasn't a comedian. No, no, okay, no, okay. not, not yeah. a, not a comedian. Uh, I just met her because I was at a party be, to get an award that I had gotten for, being a comedian right um so yeah so basically yeah comedy has changed my life like every chance it's gotten so uh and including leading me to to meet the woman who 
became my wife like a week ago. <laughs> That's so. awesome. There's there's a joke in there about something like going to look for snacks and you found a little snack of a white something terrible. There's an awful oh, yeah. joke there somewhere, but I'm, I'm sure it'll find its way <laughs> one day. You uh you you do a lot of really cool things around town. Not not only are you a comedian. And the reason why, if I was going to bring on any comedians on the show, honest to God, you would have to be the first one. Because not only are you a great stand-up, but you you also um, promote a lot of stuff. You're behind, you're kind of the engine behind a lot of different events happening. One of the ones that I've seen that I'm sure is is, is kind of a newer uh, event is the Topher's Movie Mockery. Um, yeah. This is something that y'all, did I see this in season three? Have you been doing it three years? No, no. Well, uh, yeah, no, it's, it hasn't been three years. It's, we're actually finishing up our, our first year uh, of doing it regularly at Art Bar. Um, I've just I've separated it into seasons. Um, it's it's every Monday night at Art Bar, but I basically set it up so that I have like uh, like three months of movies, like like three months of weekly movies, and then I have a month off. Okay. Um, basically so I can go do other things or just take a break because it's, it's a lot, uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a lot of work. That's a lot um, more professional than me. I just kind of stopped doing the show for like three weeks and then come back. If I did it in seasons, <laughs> it probably wouldn't make people so mad. <laughs> probably. Yeah. <laughs> I probably should do that. That's a good point. I'm writing that note down. I've learned something today, Topher. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I basically much. just, yeah, I just basically just broke it up into what, what I'm calling seasons. It's basically just, yeah, like I said, I, I just give myself like a month long vacation after three months of doing it. But then yeah. it's really not even a vacation because usually during that month off, I'm working on setting up the next three months of the movie mockery show. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, there's really not much rest involved. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so we've done it. We, we started it at the beginning of this year. And, uh, and, and we, we still have it going on, until the end of this year and then I'll take January off and then we'll start our second year of it at art bar, okay. who, you know, art, art bar has been extremely supportive and, uh, you know, let us do, they, they already had like their open mic every Tuesday, which is amazing. Um, hosted by Patrick Fowler and then, you know, earlier this year, I I was like, hey, I want to do this at Art Bar. And they were like, well, we got Mondays free. You want to do Mondays? Uh, so, yeah, basically just Art Bar has been nice enough to give uh, Monday and Tuesday nights to comedy. Yeah. Um, which has also paid off because this year for the free times thing, they won best place to see live comedy. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, really cool. So yeah, like you know, they they've they've let us do stuff on Mondays and Tuesdays, and uh, yeah, so now Art Bar has become like a you know a, a pretty good spot to see live comedy if you're in Columbia. So if if you're wondering what this is, uh, if you're a fan of the old school, like like imagine kind of the MST three K but live like it's it's yep. a, it's a, it's a, like three comedians four comedians whoever gets together they sit down and basically uh commentate the the movie and of course the movie is always fit uh for this perfectly i believe I, did i see that you're doing spice world at the next <laughs> yeah. one okay yeah spice spice yeah spice world is the one we're doing uh yeah that's the next one this monday yeah how has that been how's that how is the i mean obviously you're it's continuing on but is it is it really kind of exceeded your expectations? The interaction from the crowd, the you know the laughs that you get from it. How how's how, what's your overall feeling with that? Yeah, it's been great. Like you said, it's uh it is a hundred percent. I'm just uh, ripping off Mystery Science Theater three thousand, um, which I, I've been a fan of since I was a kid, and right. so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's me and like a couple of couple of comedians that join me, and we've we've had great audiences of people that have like uh yeah we we kind of have regulars that come just about every week to see the movie and uh yeah like it's kind of it's been a lot of fun like uh some some movies have a bigger uh turnout as far as the audience than others um you know like whenever it seems like whenever we're doing like a uh like like cats we watched cat 
like the, the <laughs> really the yeah we we the watched live the one? Cats. like the are you talking about the new one that came out or, yeah oh, okay yeah like awesome. yeah like the one from like a couple years ago yeah we we watched that and for some reason a ton of people wanted to come see that um <laughs> yeah that one's kind of ripe for being picked on when you look back yeah. at it like i remember when they were really trying to sell that like look at yeah. these amazing <laughs> broadway voices look at these realistic cat costumes and they went uh, so far it was this creepy and I, I mean, yeah. like it was—it's be- begging to be picked on. So I'm—I I hate yeah. that I missed that one. I would have loved to. Have and seen we, that one. yeah, and we did pick on that one, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, I mean, now at this point, we've done—I uh, don't know, like, you know, probably like thirty, like th- at least thirty movies now over the year. Um, and uh, so yeah, it's a lot of fun picking out these movies that I think people will have fun watching and you know it's it's kind of like a it's tricky picking out the kind of movie that are going to be fun it's going to be fun to watch you know like it's got to be they're they're bad movies but they're still like fun to watch um you know like we've watched yeah we we there are a couple of times that i picked out some movies that uh i i i regret uh like we like we like we watched the star wars holiday special oh god and it's just so like it's yeah it's not yeah like we watched that one and i thought like oh well we'll make fun of it and that'll make it fun yeah but it's just so bad that it wasn't even that much fun to watch it and make fun of it yeah, there's a there's um, a there's a podcast out there that's been around for years, and Scott Johnson, he's been on the show before. I call uh-huh. him friend of the show, but I haven't talked to him since COVID. But he is uh, one of the one of the original kings of podcasting, and he created the show called Film Sack, and it's where okay. he, he and four of his friends get together and they and they talk about films, and it's done in a jovial way. Like it's it's they eventually make fun of some parts of it, but one of them's a very technical guy, another one's really big into the music, and so they. They don't like break down, and it is a, it is more of a funny show. But but yeah. in talking to him one time, not not just off there, he, he and I just chatting, I asked him like, what was the what's the biggest problem with finding a movie for Film Sack? And he's like, some movies are just too bad. Like some yeah. of them are just so bad that even if you're like, well, we could have fun making fun. And he he said he's like, we've done shows where we got halfway through the show and we're like, this is just awful. We got to scrap this and start over. Yeah. And I would imagine that holiday special, if if you've if you're a listener and you've never seen it, if you didn't a lot of people my age, I'm surprised that people that are I'm forty five that, that grew up in that time don't know about it. I beg yeah. you to not go watch it. It is the it is the one part of Star Wars lore you need to pretend like you didn't know existed. It is it yeah, is absolutely it is, awful. It is it is just terrible. Like like I said, it's that's one of the ones where you know, like you were saying that, like they 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 would watch a movie and then realize, like, oh, this one was a mistake. We got to scrap this. Yeah. Uh, I problem is we do our show live, and yeah, uh, yeah you got to go. I realized, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's like I realized while we were doing it in front of an audience, like, oh, this isn't as much fun as I was hoping it was going to be. <laughs> I can just like this. This one was a mistake. Yeah, uh, I can. And, I can and picture, never again. Yeah, I can picture like Will Arnett from uh, was that Arrested Development? Like I've made a oh, huge yeah. mistake. I've made a huge mistake for <laughs> sure. Exactly yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Well, every, uh, yeah. Every once in a while, I do pick one where I'm just like, I shouldn't have done that one. Yeah. That one wasn't fun. <laughs> Let me ask you this: you know, in talking about comedy and, and everything that's going on, I, like, I'll, I'll give you a little, just a brief thing here about me when, when you and I met. Uh, uh-huh. It was it was Christmas Day. It was Christmas Day, and so I'm m- me and my wife both uh, we got married uh, five years ago, but we uh, both uh, have children from previous divorces, so. Um, the kids were gone. We had we had nothing to do on Christmas, and our Christmases can sometimes seem kind of sad. So we look for something to do. She's like, "There's a comedy show going," mm-hmm. and she knows that I always I always dreamed of doing stand up. It's something I always wanted to do, but I just never I just never did it. And I just it, there's a long I don't know why. Uh, I, there's a long list of excuses. That's what I, what I should say. And I remember we went, and I sat down and I watched the comedians. I watched you emceeing the whole thing over is at New Brooklyn Tavern, and yeah. um. 
I remember thinking, it was like, oh my God, you know what? This is, this is where I do want to come back and try this. And I think it was like a week later or two weeks later, I did. And my wife asked me one day, she's like, did you sit there and listen to all of them and say, uh, you know, I can do it. If these people can do it, I can certainly go up there. And I was like, no, it absolutely wasn't anything about competition. I, I, I looked at these people and I thought there's something here that's magical. There's some, there's a lot of really good comedians. They're all over the map with a wide range of what they do for, for other comedians that get that there is, it was incredible and it felt comfortable. It felt like a, a comfortable place to come in. A few yeah. months later, you know, I, I did. I, I think I did a couple more there, and then I, I I quit for a while, and then COVID hit, and I just I need to, and then I just got back into whenever I go on the road, I'd do it because I'd never mm-hmm. run it. I'd never run into any of y'all. So that's, but um, the uh, the thing I couldn't get over, and I thought about this probably about a month after, was why in the hell is that here? Like I I'll go. We, you know, you and I were talking before air about going to Greenville, and there's great comedians in Greenville. Um, uh, and, mm-hmm. and I've been to Charleston. I've seen great comedians in Charleston. Done some done some uh, open mics there. It's seen some local acts, but not. It's not the same. It's it's not yeah. the same as Columbia. And I I don't know why why is that? What's what's the deal with Columbia that 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 allows I, for there to be a family like that? I don't know. I we uh. That's that's a question I've I've wondered about myself over the years, uh, where Columbia just has like, I don't know, it just it it has this like almost unfair concentration of uh, of pretty good talent f- for this city. Uh, like like if I go on tour to other places, I'll meet people that have heard about how good the comedians are really? in Columbia. Wow. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's weird how like, but then the funny thing is that like Columbia has this like high concentration of really good performers and, but then it feels like it's really hard to get Columbia itself to notice that we're here. Like other, other cities seem to notice us more than Columbia does sometimes. Um, like getting, getting people into the seats and in our venues, uh, can be tricky sometimes. And one of the things that I constantly hear, like we meet people all the time that will invite them to comedy shows and they'll go, Oh, there's, there's, you guys have comedy shows in Columbia. And wow. it's like, yeah, we have really good comedy shows that have been happening for like, you know, like a decade now. Um, So it's just, it's weird. It's weird that it's like this, it's, it's this weird combination of like great, talent in Colombia that has somehow stayed a, a bit of a secret and i don't know getting, getting the word out yeah. yeah getting the word out to Colombia has been like like one of the harder parts because yeah like i said we go to other cities and they're like oh man Colombia comics are great you guys have a great scene there and it's like yeah we do yeah um <laughs> it's weird I, when i was you and i were talking before about coffee underground i'll give a shout out to them Great place, yeah. really cool, right downtown, beautiful Greenville, awesome little spot. Great food, by the way. Don't let the name fool you. It's not just yeah. coffee. I had a burger there that was amazing. Um, and there was a night. I, I had a I had a good cake there. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, everything yeah. there was good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> except I was telling Topher uh, for you listeners, I went, and they forgot to renew their liquor licenses. I'm a salute <laughs> God, and I and I was on the company dime too, and I was like, really, I got to have a drama anyway. I didn't get on yeah. the list because the list filled up fast, which which happens. But I was like, you know, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here for work. I'm gonna go downstairs. I want to listen. I, you know, and that happens a lot of people. If you don't know, if you've never been to an open mic, a lot of times it's just comedians. It's comedians listening to other comedians. It's a little bit more fair. They get a chance to try things out. Things may not flow the same way when you watch somebody do a show because most comedians are just giving something a couple of laps around the track. So I wanted to see what the talent in Greenville was like, and I went. What I was amazed at, though, Topher, is that as I'm sitting there, I sit in the very back because I want to kind of take in the whole experience. And as I'm doing it, I'm watching people come in and leave. And I'm like, well, these people, they didn't make the list, so they're just, like, taking off or whatever. And then it hit me. I was like, no, you dumbass. These are people off the street coming in just to hear. Like, it was was filling up with people that wanted to hear. They knew there was an open mic. So they were kind of coming and going. They weren't just friends of this comedian. Like, they would stay for 30 minutes and then leave. They come and stay for an hour, and then they leave. So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I wasn't aware. Like, it's a guy that, that has wanted to do stand-up comedy his whole life. I wasn't yeah. even aware that we had shows, much less the talent around town. 
Is it a, do you think it lies, and, and I'm not looking to point fingers here at people, but I'm, I'm about to. Do you think it lies in the promotion of things? Do you think it's the community that for some reason doesn't know it's there? Do we have a community that doesn't embrace it, which is odd to me because we have a college here and a mixture of like old old style. We're a family city. We're a decently sized city. I, I, I'm just surprised that we don't have that. Any idea why we haven't grabbed that yet? Yeah, I, I, I don't. Like that's another... <clears throat> that's another question that I've kind of wondered about where I'm, you know, I'm just, and, and people have said that too. Like, you know, they'd be like, Oh yeah, Columbia, you guys, you guys must have like a good scene. Cause like, you know, you, you guys must have like a bunch of people that go to your shows. You guys, you're a college town. And yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know. For some reason it just, uh, it's, it doesn't always seem to work out that way. Like we, we, you know, like that's not to say that we don't have shows that are, uh, you know, we get a lot of support and people, you know, like we, we have shows that are well attended and people come to them and they love them. And, uh, but then, but then sometimes we try to put on a show and, uh, yeah, people just don't show up. And, uh, I mean, it's probably, it's probably impossible to just blame one thing. Like it's probably a mix of marketing and, uh, you know, maybe, you know, people that, there's a lot of stuff to do in Colombia, and so yeah, I guess if you're, if you're gonna pick a thing, I guess sometimes you know maybe comedy is not the thing people pick that night, and that's uh you know that's gonna it it happens, um, but yeah, it's it's just a thing we're constantly working on to try to get more people to be aware that you know basically just trying to make sure Colombia knows like you guys have like this like exceptional pool of talent here like people like you know jen snyder and and wayne cousins you know like re really really funny people um and uh yeah they should they should definitely go check them out if they get a chance like come come to shows a lot of them don't even cost very much or are even free sometimes yeah, yeah. um so yeah i would i would basically just encourage people like you know give it a shot you know like usually it's it's not much risk to go to a comedy show and see if you enjoy it and for the most part if you go to a comedy show in Colombia it's it's usually you know and i know i'm saying this not exactly impartial but it's usually a pretty good time yeah yeah i think you can i think you can get uh you can get away with saying that uh, kind of in that same vein i i'm going to paint with a broad brush here and and, uh -huh. and i probably shouldn't but i'm i'm going to um, today's day and age, a lot of people will look at comedy from different aspects. There are people that, that, that are, that get comedy, that understand it, that go no matter what, they're fine. Uh, there are some people that'll go and they like it to an extent they, they, and they get offended. There are other people that shy away from it because they'll talk about not wanting to offend people and either that they feel like it, it stifles them from being able to do what they do or, uh, it aggravates them. And, and there, there does seem to be this discussion and it's not on the forefront it's not a headline of the comedic times but it's there there is there's this idea about what comedy can be should be is all this crap i've noticed something in columbia though whenever i've gone to a show i see people from all walks of life performing i see people uh -huh. from columbia walks of life there i don't really see hear feel any kind of consternation from the stage to the bar I don't know why it's that way in Colombia, and I don't know if it's just the anecdotal evidence that I've seen, but something feels right about the way it's done in Colombia. Is that true, or am I blind to something? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's uh, that. Like, I guess that seems pretty accurate. I mean, if that's your your observation, I mean, I. It seems to be the way that it, it seems to go. You know, like we we do. We have, like you said, we have people from all walks of life that are performing up there. Um, and, uh, you know, luckily we don't have too many people that, uh, you know, there are some people that do comedy and like they're, it's like their goal is to offend. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we don't really have too much of that. Like somebody might every once in a while say something that someone doesn't like, Sure, but we, we don't really have any, 
you know, like I, I've, I've seen some, some people go up, especially at open mics. Like it's a lot of times it's like a young performer at an open mic. And for some reason, like, especially young, like college age people, they'll go up and do their first, their first open mic. And it's, it's almost like they, they think that the goal is to offend. Yeah. Like they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll try to do like the offensive stuff on purpose um, and then it doesn't usually work out that well for them. And then they kind of stop showing up because it, you know, it's not working. Um, but that's pretty few and far between, um, in Colombia, where, yeah, we, we just, we don't really have much, at least not that I've seen, like, we don't have a ton of like offensive comedians that are trying to offend yeah. Um, and so I don't know. I think it's it helps to basically set up an environment where it's like, uh, you know, at a lot of shows you go to, there is comedy that just, you know, that just about anybody can enjoy, you know, maybe not like families like, you know, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Shows with like kids there or anything. But like, yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of the a lot of the comedians in Colombia do a pretty good job of telling jokes that are a little more universal um, and don't really exclude anybody or like attack anybody. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think it just I don't know, maybe in, I guess in my opinion, it leads to just a, a better time at the show where everyone can just kind of relax a little bit and enjoy it instead of you know instead of getting upset by you know something that the the comedians are going to talk about yeah sure, sure. um you know like i'm gonna say i'm not saying uh you can't joke about offensive stuff but uh but yeah in Colombia, it just yeah just it just doesn't seem like that's the goal is to offend yeah, I think I think the goal in Colombia seems to be largely to just entertain the crowd um and uh yeah so i think that's why like most most audiences seem to be able to enjoy just about anybody that they see at one of our shows yeah what um one of the things that jen and i talked about a couple of years ago was growing up the way that she did uh taking a lot of the consternation that she had with who she was and where she grew up uh, and uh -huh. how that led, and, and 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 I think one of the things that that's been well documented is a lot of times a, a lot of comedians and the way that they look at their life is born out of, I'm not going to say some kind of Batman origin story, but it, it, they don't always have they're they're not always like sunshine and and lollipops. One yeah. of, one of the things that I noticed though over the past year that I thought was very endearing, while albeit extremely sad. Um, you know, comedians don't always, for lack of a better term, don't always take everything seriously, and there's a reason for that because they 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 help keep the mood light in the, in the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. But I saw that the, the the community, and I I didn't know him, but there was a a guy that passed away that was a big part of the community to you guys, um, just within the past few months, and in watching, albeit from a distance over social media. Uh, how much you guys cared for him, how much he meant to y'all, not only was a testament to him, but also for that the community. And I, I don't want to get all sad and all knowing you and your business and stuff like that, but um, how was that as someone who was dealing with the, the loss of a friend, the loss of somebody who was big in the community, um, but dealing with it as a comedian family, what what do you think would surprise people about this community when they had to deal with something like that? Uh, I don't know if it would surprise anybody, but I know, yeah, if I think you're talking about Joe Cochlin, yeah, who yeah. We, we lost like a few a few months ago, um, who, yeah, basically to to a few of us, uh, who we basically all started about the same time and were extremely close. Like we'd gone on tour together, like me, Jen, Wayne, Joe, like we, we'd been on tour together multiple times. Um, and he, you know, he basically becomes, you know, like we're, we're not just friends anymore at that point. Like we're family. Um, so yeah, when we lost Joe, um, of course it was extremely, uh, just heartbreaking and, and sad. 
but also at the same time, we we are who we are. <laughs> we are comedians. <laughs> And so it didn't take much time at all for someone to like make the first joke about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and uh, which at the same, you know, it's like, you know, people outside of the circle might, I don't know. I don't know how people would view it. Like they, they might look at it and be like, Oh, that's insensitive. Like you guys, you know, you shouldn't do that. Uh, but for us, it's just, it's just natural. Uh and it's also what I'm pretty sure Joe would want uh, is because uh, Joe Joe seemed to Joe seemed to value comedy more than anything, and probably more than anyone else I've ever known. Like Joe loved comedy, and so I think I like to think that uh, you know making jokes about it. Um, even pretty much right after we learned about it. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I think Joe, I think Joe would have been, would have been disappointed if we hadn't made jokes yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that would, uh, surprise people to know like how soon after we were making jokes, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's just that, you know, and it, also it's just, it's just kind of how we get through it too, you know? So, yeah. I think one of the things um it 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 really makes me happy to know that we do have such a great uh scene here in Colombia, but it also it also kind of bothers me that a lot of people don't know about it, especially in today's day and age when and all honestly, we just need more of it. And I think that yeah. if we could all laugh at other people and laugh at ourselves a little bit more and learn how to do that, then I think we would be we we would be a lot better off. I think you do. I, I'll tell you, Topher, you do one hell of a job. I know you're the. I, I don't know. I'm just going to start calling you the hardest working man in Columbia comedy. It seems like it because <laughs> you're everywhere. But um, it, you, other than the the movie Monday, which is coming up at nine o'clock every Monday, or at least this Monday, yeah. at the yeah, Art Bar. Right. What else would you point people to uh, weekly? Any night of the week? Any big specials coming up? What would you What would you tell people? that uh, have not come out and seen some of the talent in Columbia, where do they need to go? Uh, well, I would say, yeah, weekly, the big stuff that I would recommend is, uh, yeah, the the movie mockery show every Monday at Art Bar, 9 p.m. Uh, and you can, you know, you can follow at movie mockery on Instagram to find out what movies are coming next. Uh, and then every Tuesday night, also at Art Bar, uh, there's a comedy open mic at 8.30, hosted by Patrick Fowler. And in the last, I don't know, 10 years ish that that open mic has existed. Uh, I've seen it grow from, uh, you know, like a list of like eight comedians performing for a room of five people uh, to now we have a list of about 20 to 30 comedians that sign up. Wow because of the fact that over that time it has grown so big that we have like a room packed full of people, um, you know, pr like easily 40 to 50 people like watching the show each week. And so it's a really, really good opportunity for comedians to practice some new material in front of a, a really energetic crowd. Uh, yeah, Art Bar. Art Bar has been a fantastic uh, resource for Columbia comedy. Um, yeah, Mondays and Tuesdays there, uh, and then also again at Art Bar. Like I'm, I'm a member of Tomorrow Quest Theater, which is a sketch and improv group. Oh, cool. Um, and we we perform the last Friday of every month at Art Bar um, at eight o'clock, and that's that's been a free show for like eight years that we've done there. Um, so yeah, it's not just stand up; It's also sketch comedy, improv comedy. Uh, and then you've got musical comedy like, uh, Patrick Fowler and Phil Carter have their comedy rap duo called the Buster Cups and they're fantastic. So, um, yeah, check them out as well. But yeah, that's, that's probably the regular stuff like Mondays, Tuesdays, and the last Friday of every month at art bar. Um, but then we've got stuff coming up, uh, you know, special events like, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, Friday, like Friday night, uh, I guess 
tonight if that's when this podcast comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, no- November eleventh. Uh, eleventh, I guess it is. Um, we're doing a show at the Columbia Museum of Art for Arts and Drafts. Oh, cool! Wow. Um, and that's at like that's at seven. Um, and then uh, Allie Johns has like a monthly showcase at Noma Warehouse, which has been amazing. She started that like back in February or March. Uh, and the next one, the next one of that is happening uh, November twelfth at Noma Warehouse. Um, yeah, there's a, there's always a bunch of stuff coming up and, uh, yeah, you can, you can, you can probably search for it. Like if you, you know, anybody finds me on social media, like I, I try to make sure that I post everything that's coming up. Um, but yeah, the, the weekly things, the movie thing, Monday, the open mic Tuesday, though, those are a lot of fun. I I really think people should go check those out. Excellent. Well, listen, uh, Topher, I, you know, as someone who appreciates this, I appreciate what you do. I know you put your whole heart into it and it's awesome because you really do a a heck of a job. I I hope that more people can come out and appreciate what we have here, but really just get out and have a, have a good time with other people. And you guys certainly do a great job with that, man. Hey, listen, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for coming and uh, bringing us a little bit of information about what's going on in the community. We'll keep people informed, but if you, if you ever need a friend uh, to, to promote some of y'all stuff, just let me know. You guys do a heck of a job, man. Yeah. Sounds great. Thank you. All right. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. at night, shig, rattle, and roll. The devil walked the streets last night, a deleterious soul. A black shoe, suit, and tie, you gotta see to believe. A rogue and bones, a girl life size, with nothing up his sleeve. I want to thank uh, Toph Rudolph for coming on the show. Appreciate his time. Uh, I know he's a busy, busy dude. He he really does a lot for for the the comic community uh, here in town. It, you know, when when you when you believe in something and really want something to work, it doesn't it doesn't just happen out of nowhere. Somebody's got to roll up their sleeves and make it happen. Topher is one of the ones that does every every every. You know, we talked about the talent that's here in town. I want to tell you something. Every person who is a talented comic in this town that has ever been talked about somewhere else deserves to give Topher a huge thanks. Uh, it's, it's guys like him. It's people like Jen Snyder who not only get up and they do stand up, but they push uh, th- this thing that they believe in forward. And um, it's always great. It's always great to be able to talk to folks that are really passionate about what they do and not only passionate, but make it happen. And, and that's really what, what Topher does. He's a, he's a great guy, and I, I'm really appreciative of him being on the show. Oh, by the way, if you're curious and new to the show, all the music is done by Don Merkel, a singer-songwriter out of Charleston, South Carolina. Check him out, donmerkel.com. If you don't know how to spell his name, we understand. We have a hard time, too. Uh, just check out our page. It'll point to it. Uh, and my daughter, Sterling, for being on the show at the beginning. I don't cry when celebrities pass away. I, I don't. I, I've never been one to be starstruck. It's it's not my thing. Um, I think it's cool. I think celebrities are cool. I think the fact that they have gotten a chance to do what they love, not so much actors. Um, and I don't know why. Yeah, it's, it, 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 I, I do, but it's a whole other podcast. Um, but especially uh, comedians, obviously, uh, uh, musicians, um, local theater folks. Um, but, but when, when people get a chance to be uh, a celebrity and they have this status that means not only were you successful, but a lot of people like what you do and it, it puts you on another level. I, I think it's cool, but I never get starstruck because I, I know people and I, yeah, I should watch saying this, but I'm, this is a little unfiltered Chad. I know people that are more talented than you that haven't made it. Um, 
So it's cool that you're talented, you made something really awesome, and you, and you got lucky. Now, you worked hard. There's hard work that goes into it. Rarely, it does happen, but rarely does somebody just make it on name recognition and luck. You got to have some, People will give Miley Cyrus crap. Yeah, her dad wrote this terrible song and was a Chippendales dancer, so every country woman... Uh, 15 to 86, loved this man, and she came along and had a career. But let's be honest, her career has been 10 times the size of his. By the way, have you have you heard about him lately? He's like marrying a girl that he met on Hannah Montana that was like one of the co-star. I just, it's weird. It's just weird. It's just weird. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to be uh, starstruck. I cried the day Gilbert Godfrey died. I did. I found myself, not boo-hooing, but I, I found myself, as soon as I saw it on the news that he had passed, it was a quick blurb at the bottom of the screen, and I teared up. Back in 2009, my first wife and I were pregnant. And uh, that's a weird thing. That's a weird thing. I get why people say it. And it's women that have pushed me to say that. No, don't say your wife's pregnant. You're both pregnant. My wife was the one carrying the baby. Okay. But my first wife was pregnant. And uh, we were super excited about it. We were super excited about it. Uh, we were over the moon. There had been a lot of things that had gone on. We, we found ourselves in a place that was just very odd. And... Um, and we, uh, that, that, that pregnancy, uh, while you don't put it on the baby to, to, to save anything, it's nothing like that. It was just both of us in our life where we were, we were just in an odd spot and, um, we were super excited. Whole family was excited. Felt like the entire world was excited that we were going to have a baby. And, um, long and short of it is we, we lost that child. And um, it was very hard. I was surprised. I was surprised at how tough that was. It was it was very tough um, on me. I knew it would be hard on my ex wife. I didn't realize how much that would it would it would take out of me. And I remember um, there was a day. There was a day that um, it was kind of like a an emotional grenade came out of nowhere and just hit me. And I found I was like all the grief finally hit me at one time, and I just lost it for like probably about five or six minutes uncontrollable lost it I've only done that a couple of times in my life over um generally due to a, a tragic loss somewhere and it was crazy to me it's just over this emotions that I just I, I just couldn't handle for like two days I was kind of in a phase and more like a funk and I got phasey funk funky phase I don't know which one. It, you, you just, I wasn't like kind of, I was kind of just going through the motions. I, I wasn't really me, but I wasn't like so distant you couldn't tell. It was just a really weird phase. I was coming back home from Greenville. I was uh, in sales and I was in Greenville and I was driving back. And I decided that I needed to listen to the comedy channel on Sirius, which I would do from time to time. I was like, man, if there's a time I could use it, I, I could use it. And I remember I turned it on, and I was chuckling at a couple of things. They were pretty good. And then Gilbert Godfrey comes on the air. He tells this joke. He says there's a man that uh, decided to go out and have a drink with his buddy. His buddy's like, hey, listen, listen I, I just haven't spent a lot of time with you. Let's just go have a drink. Just, just go have a drink with me after work. I really got to get home to my wife. No, just come have a drink with me. So they go. he's like, okay, I can, I can have a drink, and then I'll just run on home. So they go to the bar and they have a drink. Well, whenever you go to have a drink, you, you realize that you drink faster than you thought. So now I got time to have a second drink. I, I really do. So the guy has a second drink. Buddy sees something on TV, grabs their attention, orders a shot for him. Oh, I really don't need to do this. You see where it's going. Fast forward a couple of hours later, the man is hammered hammered at the bar but he's so drunk that it's like oh ho, ho, i'm gonna be in trouble yeah you are you're gonna be in trouble and you get all that kind of stuff all of a sudden he loses it throws up gets puke all over his shirt right there at the bar oh no there's no way in the world i'm gonna be able to 
I can't play this off to my wife. And his drunk buddy looks at his way. I got it. Brilliant idea. Brilliant idea. Take this $20 bill. Put it in your shirt pocket. When your wife asks you what happened, tell her, I was having a bad time. I'm not getting through life too well. You went to console me. We had some drinks. I got drunk. Puked all over your shirt. His buddy looks at him. You're genius. They go to hug. Realize that's a bad idea. Shake hands. Guy goes on his way. Guy comes home, walks in, and uh, he says, uh, his wife looks at him and is like, what? What is that? What, where have you been? Oh, honey, Bob's had a terrible time. Wife is all mad at him. Life is not going good. He might get fired from work. He's worried. I went and went and had some drinks with him. Went and had some drinks with him. And uh, he got drunk and he threw up all over my shirt. But it's okay. He put this... 20 in my pocket so uh, I can get the shirt dry clean. And he pulls out the money and hands it to her. And she's like, this, is a, this isn't a 20, it's a $50 bill. And he's like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you. He also crapped my pants. The Gilbert Godfrey voice telling that joke, coming through this, this setting of being in a car, driving down Highway 26 with nothing around me, coming back uh, from Greenville, South Carolina, had me in a in a state of um, of of captivity, to where I was invested in his joke, the way he told it, the way he set it up, his his crazy voice. You know who he is? He was the Affleck Duck for forever. I pulled over to the side of the highway because I was laughing as uncontrollably as I had been crying days before. Gilbert Gottfried got me out of the worst, one of the worst funks I had ever been in with the telling of one stupid joke. When people ask me, uh, do I really believe in the power of comedy? I absolutely do. I don't. I don't do comedy, by the way, because of that. I've I've been I've been wanting to do it since I was a young kid. I would come home and I it, it started because I watched a lot of I watched a lot of comedy growing up. I loved the sitcoms from back in the day. The, the, like you know, like I grew up watching things like like WKRP, Benson. Uh, different strokes, good times, like all this kind of stuff. I remember that my friend's dad had uh, comedy albums. Yeah, the Bill Cosby one. I think it was Bill Cosby himself, but it was um, Red Fox, Richard Pryor. I mean, stuff we weren't supposed to be listening to. Yes, I grew up on black comedy. I, it's, it's crazy. Um, but I, I remember in the afternoons, I would watch and marvel over Carol, Carol Burnett. And it was it was partly because it was a sketch comedy show like I had never seen. But her timing, especially when she just talked to the camera. Same thing with Johnny Carson. I would stay up late at night and I would take notes on Carson's comedic timing. And I, I looked at it, and this is a long, boring story about other like maniacal stuff that I did. I say all that just to tell you this this wasn't something that like, well, I'm going to do comedy now. I've always realized there's an important place for it. I use it in my sales pitches. They will tell you when you go to sales training, be careful with trying to be funny. Like I tell people that all the time. I'll tell other comedians that. Be careful trying to be funny. But one of the things that I've learned about people that ever want to do comedy is probably the most important thing is just being like freaking funny anyway is the most important thing. You can figure all the rest of it out later, but if you're not funny, it's not going to work. You got to be funny. You got to understand it. And so people that try to use comedy in sales, I'll look at them like, well, you're not funny anyway. I don't understand why you, you don't understand it doesn't work for you. Um, and then they laugh because they think I'm being funny and I'm, I'm not I'm being serious. It, 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 comedy, it can be, um, sure, it can, it can mask a lot of things. Ask any comedian. There is, like I said, an origin story for every comedian. There's something dark. There's something that, that it comes out of because comedians usually have something in their life that took them somewhere to, to, to help you realize that the things that you take too seriously really shouldn't be. Most comedians that I know do that thing that, that, that somebody taught me 
decades ago. Don't, you know, take your life and what you do seriously, but don't ever take yourself too seriously. And, and they do that really well. And they're able to kind of take you at least for an hour, two hours at a time, and kind of take you somewhere where you lighten up a little bit. And now we've started attacking comedy. And we attack it from all sides. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I hear it. I hear it that whatever we call the wokeness or whatever, that people get way too offended. They get ultra offended over stuff, and they need to learn to take a joke. Yes, I see that. I'm going to tell you right now, it's everywhere. And I'm not saying that as some condescending tone to tell you you need to be better to appreciate this art form. What I'm telling you is this art form can help get you there. There's nothing I've never seen anything that heals the way that laughter does. This coming from a guy who worked 12 years in hospice. Never. Nothing comes close. Nothing comes close. Nothing comes close. There's there's not an entity that doesn't use humor somewhere. Musicians will use it. Public speakers use it. Your preacher will use it. You you can find humor in anything. The great thing about going and seeing your local comedy shows, though, the thing that's awesome about it is you get to see works in progress. Because when you watch like a Netflix special, you know how many times that's been recorded? You know how many times it's been edited? Even if they're wearing the same thing, Bill Burr will, will talk about the Bill Burr. Bill Barr. <laughs> Bill Burr doesn't talk about this. He's a joke. Bill Barr will, um, oh, save your emails. Bill Barr will, um, no, wait. Oh, my gosh. Let me try this one last time. I don't know why I'm tripping over this name. Bill Burr is the comedian Bill Barr is the joke. Bill Burr is the one that'll tell you. You'll hear him sometimes in his specials. Oh, they don't like it when I do this. They hate it when I stand on the wrong side of this microphone stand telling the same joke. Like they they do. All these things are so pre-produced, which is great and they're awesome. And and that's you know that's just what we what we like. But going and watching local comedians, watching them. I mean, seriously, watching them mess up, watching them cover it up, watching them build off of it, sometimes seeing them go down a strand, listening to them have a good back and forth with the audience when the audience isn't trying to be part of the show. That just irritates the crap out of me. But it, it happens, and some and some comedians love it. Some comedians beg for it, and it's fine. It's, fine. it's everybody's own thing. Don't do that at my show. Um, <laughs> actually, just come to mind. <laughs> uh... The uh, it's amazing. It's it is. It, you learn the art form that it is, and you see what they do, and um, and then you look at what guys like Topher do, and and the hard work that they put in to make these things happen. And, and you got to understand something. One of the things, though, that you can really feel while you're sitting there is I'm going to tell you right now. I've never met a comedian. Uh, I'm sure one day I will. But I have never met another comedian that once I got to know them, they were doing this to be famous. Oh, sure. They would love to do comedy for a living. They would like to be able to make like some kind of living wage, and this is what they do. And they get to surround themselves with comedy. And Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's a part of it. There's nothing wrong with feeling that way. I have not met a single one of them that their whole thing is they just want to make people laugh. No, they're not just trying to land a joke. I mean, they're just trying to make your life better. It doesn't surprise me that in a time we need comedy more, we attack it from from one angle or another or 15 others that we do. We all want to get on our soapboxes. We need somebody to speak for us. You're supposed to talk like this. You're not supposed to make jokes like this. And I, it, some of that I can understand. I, I do under. There's nothing wrong with being reflective on it and looking and seeing what you, your your art form is doing. Yeah, but it's actually for the artist to do and not and not you. And we get so so balled up in everything now that we've we've gotten to where we. I, I don't think enough people are going to comedy shows. That we need more of them. You have your bigger comedians that have made it that don't want to get down in the trenches and get dirty with people again. I, I get that, but we need them to. I'd love for more big-time comedians to go and just show up at an open mic one night. I would love to see that happen. I'd love to see one just walk into a bar and just do a set one day, completely off the cuff. Love to see that. 
But I'm going to tell you, you can see something just as funny almost any night of the week in Columbia, South Carolina. I know you can in Greenville and quite a few nights down in Charleston. I don't know about Myrtle Beach. I've heard Augusta's pretty good. I don't know. That's just for those of you around here. But Charlotte, Atlanta, Knoxville, Orlando, you're going to tell me you don't think you can? Oh, come on, man. Comedy is something we need right now. It's something that you need right now. You need a little bit more of it. Look, how about this? Do, do me a favor. It may You may not think it's your thing. But look around for a local comedian, maybe the one of the ones you heard about tonight. You're not going to lose with going and seeing any of the people we talked about tonight. These are all pretty big people in Columbia. But find somebody in your area. Look on a random night. You know, we don't have anything going on Thursday. Let's get a babysitter and just go down to uh, the smuggle bar and watch this person get up and tell jokes. Even if they bomb, you will have a good time. And you'll feel something that maybe you didn't know you needed. Maybe there's a little thing. It doesn't have to be as extreme as losing a child. (laughs) And then having a guy that was the Aflac duck tell a, a, a joke to juxtapose the difference between those feelings and emotions to, to jumpstart you back. Maybe it's not that big, but maybe it's something you need. You never know. You never know where a punchline will come from or what it'll do for you. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab, but if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com. I know.